to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. It is Bull Week Part 3. Joining me as always is the one, the only, Randy Darsh. Hello everybody, welcome. It's early in the morning. We're actually recording early on Thursday morning at like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Yeah, so normally, so, normally, believe it or not, we actually record the gym podcasts uh, like Monday afternoon. Um, we, we generally try to just record it on Mondays just in case, you know, plans fall through and we have to record it on a Tuesday or Wednesday, right? I don't think we've ever actually recorded a podcast on a Thursday. Is that correct, Randy? That is correct. This is definitely the latest we ever did it. It was mostly, well, it was, there was, it was a two-fold scenario. Yeah. Of course, we could say that it was because of Christmas, but in reality, part of it was all the cancellations that keep happening very last minute. Cough, cough, UCLA. Cough, cough. Yeah, we, we realized it was probably best to just kind of wait this out until, you know, we could record as, as late as we possibly could, just because it seems like every single bowl game is kind of in jeopardy at this point. And we'd hate to preview all these games that are inevitably going to be canceled, as we kind of saw. I mean, so many of these games we've, you know, talked about in the past, um, just never actually happened, unfortunately. Um, I mean, for example, UCLA. What the heck's going on over there? Yeah, look, I'm okay with them canceling the game. Oh, for sure. I just didn't, I did not like how they did it because it was so last minute that like all of their trainers, like the morning of the game, just a couple hours before the game, all of their trainers and equipment staff were out there emptying out the stadium, emptying out the locker rooms. Mm-hmm. But they still didn't tell North Carolina State. So they were still like preparing for the game, getting ready for the game, and then then they announced it like two hours before the game. <laughs> yeah, not a good and look. It's like, come on, not a good look. I see NC State's trying to basically like get UCLA to admit that it's a forfeit or something, or like to get the NCAA to recognize it as a win for NC State, which I realize is kind of petty. But if they uh, had won, it'd be a ten win season. I mean, that's that's a pretty big thing for a program like NC State. Um, so I can't blame them. I'd be bitter. I'd be pissed, dude, if that happened to Wisconsin. I'd be a little bitter, but I really don't like the thought of like trying to trying to have a W on the schedule for a game you didn't play just out of some technicality. I really don't That's like fair. that. I'm not a fan of that because I mean, you didn't. Sure, they kind of did you dirty, but you didn't play and it's earn like, the win. You there's know? an asterisk next to it, anyways. You know, regardless of what happens, kind of. Uh, but that's just one game that was canceled. We saw a handful of games um, from this past week that were canceled. Boston College versus East Carolina, that was canceled. Uh, Memphis, Hawaii, the Hawaii Bowl, that was canceled. Um, SMU, Virginia was supposed to happen yesterday, canceled. Um, and so I, I really hope, you know, these games we preview today don't get canceled, especially because we're entering the best part of the season. I mean, these are these are the New York Six games that we've been hyping up all year long. It seems like so far that these games have been a little bit more safe. I feel like the players take it a little bit more seriously, so they're more serious with the protocols for just like a singular week to avoid, yeah. you know, getting sick and everything. Um, I thought it was kind of funny that the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, straight up the teams just left for a different bowl game. <laughs> yes. And I, I love that because I'm not a fan of Barstool Sports no, or no. Dave Portnoy. He just no. he's kind of a he's kind of a jerk. He, he so. represents everything like stereotypical about like the, the douchebag sports fan, you know. And I, oh, yeah. I, I'm not saying that that there's not some truth to that, that that's just not the reality we face in our community. But I, I think, you know, we're trying to be above that, basically. <laughs> Above that yeah. type of, you know, arrogant jock persona. You know what I mean? Because sports are so much more than that. Um, exactly. But that said, I mean, 
I'm looking at these slate of games, Randy. We have, I want to say, 10 games coming up here that we're going to preview, including including the playoffs. Um, Ooh, I'm excited. I've taken extensive, not extensive, but I have taken some pretty good notes about, about the playoff teams, I haven't especially taken, my team. I haven't taken notes, but I've had many uh, shower debates in my head uh, of, of these games. I have a lot of thoughts that have occurred while driving to work. Um, so I look forward to rambling about that. I think we're going to go in chronological order here, which means we will actually cover the playoffs relatively early. Um, they are they are tomorrow, actually, on Friday. Uh, but real quick, before we get to that, shouts out to Maryland. Uh, NSB requested that we give a quick shout out to Maryland for the second <laughs> biggest bull win margin in Big Ten history. It's a little fun fact. They they destroyed Virginia Tech yesterday. 54 to 10. Yeah. And I was very impressed. I was I watched the game because, well, first of all, I watched all of the bowl games. Of course. But second of all, I would love to see Talia transfer out yes. of Alabama and have a lot of success at Maryland. He, he had, had a, a great game. He had a huge game. He's had a game. lot of great games. He has. He's been, like, kind of dicey. I, I think he tends to, like, run up the score against bad teams, per se. Um, actually, it was 40 to 16. Uh, wait, no, it wasn't. I'm looking at the wrong game here. Yeah, you're looking at Rutgers. 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 It was 54 10. 54 to 10, my bad. So I'm looking at the box score here. Talia was 20 for 24, 265 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. I mean, that's it's pretty elite. Um, granted, again, I know, no offense to VT fans out there, but it's not like they did this to Michigan or Ohio State. But I, I think it says a lot for the program. And looking forward, man, Talia, he's their guy. You know, moving forward into the next season, I'm, I'm afraid to play them, dude, because Talia is legit. Uh, but that said, shall we move on then, Randy, to discussing? I'm ready. The final week of bowl season, not going to the national championship. <laughs> all right, so you all know the drill. We're going to go through the games, but first, we're going to look at the bowl sponsor as well as the website here. Uh, Randy, do you want to start us off here? Yeah, the first one will be fairly easy to cover as far as bowl sponsor goes because we are covering the third, third. Tax Slayer Bowl, and this one is the. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl taking place in Jacksonville, Florida, and it is Wake Forest versus Rutgers. And this is one of those games that had to be kind of put together at the last minute. Yes, with Rutgers, with Rutgers being a five and seventeen. Yeah, and it's interesting because originally it was going to be Texas A and M uh, playing Wake Forest, and Rutgers somehow I think they got in because they had like the highest academic ratings or scores of like their all remaining five and seven teams which I thought was pretty funny. Um, looking at Tax Slayer, dude, Tax Slayer, I don't use them. As you guys know by now, I use TurboTax. So does Randy. Uh, just looking at their website, TaxSlayer.com. Meh, it's, it's okay. It's serviceable. Not a huge fan. I'd give like a 7 out of 10, but it, it, it gets the job done. It's just another boring tax website, to be honest. I mean, it's. I guess it does the job, you know. It is what it is. Uh, that said, this game, I mean, on paper... This might be the most lopsided bull matchup of the year, but I, I don't I don't really know, man. Like I'm looking at ESPN here, and the spread is 16 minus 16 for Wake Forest. So Vegas clearly likes Wake, and I, I can understand it because Rutgers is five and seven, Wake is ten and three. However, according to ESPN's FPI, the the Football Power Index, they give Rutgers a 25 percent chance of winning, which honestly, I I kind of agree with. I I I think Wake should win this. But don't be shocked if Rutgers does somehow find a way. Just because Wake can be so hot and cold, as we've covered throughout the season. 
They can be, and to be honest, like I, I wanted to give all the credit in the world to Wake Forest and their great season, but they had kind of a very iffy schedule. And then when they finally went up against some some better teams, they struggled mightily and lost. They lost. I mean, they lost to North Carolina, a six and sixteen. Yeah. And I mean, they lost to Clemson and Pitt in the ACC championship game. So they're obviously not a bad team. Yeah. But they they've shown some cracks in the armor. Now Rutgers, shouts out to Adrian by the way, huge Rutgers fan. Um. Rutgers is, is something of an enigma because, I mean, they are Rutgers, right? Rutgers historically, at least in the last 10 years, has sucked. But, but, I really do feel like they have a good thing going for them right now. I feel like um, with their new coach, Shiano Man, returning to town, I definitely think they're on the right trajectory. They're actually recruiting decently well for Rutgers uh, heading into next season. And just looking at their schedule this year, they, yes, they, they kind of collapsed as they started playing good teams in the Big Ten. I mean, they lost to Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan but they actually gave Michigan a run for their money, if you recall, early on in the season. They played at Michigan, losing only 20-13. to 13. So I, I think they definitely have some potential. You know, there are some good athletes on Rutgers, and they are an overall pretty well-coached team, all things considered. Um, what I think this game is going to ultimately come down to, to me, is can, can Wake Forest put up those stupid video game number points like they usually do? Because Wake Forest doesn't have a defense. I think Rutgers is going to have no trouble scoring on them. Um, the, the question for me is, does Wake Forest win in a shootout versus Rutgers? Probably, but I'm, I'm not saying guaranteed. I think Rutgers has a chance. We're starting off the first, very first game, and I already have my hot take Late on me. for the, uh, Late for, on the me. for this episode. I really do think Rutgers wins this game, and I think a lot of it's going to boil down to the fact that they play in, it's literally, you're watching a team, Wake Forest, that plays in probably one of the worst Power 5 divisions in football mm-hmm. versus Rutgers that plays in probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest division in Power 5 football. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a little biased, so I'm going to say second hardest division. Of course, that's fair. Division. <laughs> but I mean, really, I mean, you look at their if schedule. You, really watch, you call it 1A, 1B. You look at their whatever. schedule, man, they had, a, they had a really tough schedule here. I mean, I think they ended up playing like five teams, five ranked teams. Throughout the year, I mean, when they, you have to play Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, yeah. Penn State every year, just as yeah. part of your part of your conference schedule, that's going to be tough. And the thing for me is, even though they lost those games, and some of them they actually got blown out, and they played against elite competition, they played against a playoff team. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, I don't think there's anything Wake Forest can throw at them that they haven't seen already. Like, Wake Forest isn't going to come out and be so much more physical and and fast, right, and, and catch them off guard, right? So, I I think at a minimum. This should be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, something that ends like 42 to 35. I think it's going to be a good one. But though I think Wake wins, I could see Rutgers pulling off a miracle. And it would be hilarious, you must admit. Rutgers beating Wake Forest um, in a bowl game would be comedic. Yeah, everybody would love it, especially because Rutgers used to be the team everybody made fun of for being awful. Yeah, like literally one of the worst. So. So I'm happy for them. I actually do think Rutgers will win the game, but I think it'll be a little lower scoring, I'm maybe just, like yeah. 24-21. I'm just happy the game's being played more than anything. You know, I, I hate seeing yep. these games canceled. I'd bring in the substitutes, I say. Uh, moving on next. This one's hilarious. Want to introduce <laughs> this one, Randy? <laughs> the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl taking place in El Paso, Texas. Yes, we got Washington State versus Central Michigan. So the Sun Bowl historically is actually a pretty respectable bowl, I would argue. Um, but real quick, let's look, let's look at frostedflakes.com. Um, <laughs> it's a serial website, make no mistake. So it is very, it's, it's definitely aimed at kids. It's actually pretty, very cartoony. It's pretty well made. I'd say the, the image resolution is kind of low, unfortunately, but I, I like the design. It's got these like cool angled, like menus that like 
animate when you scroll down. It's pretty cool. Just looking at Kellogg's, you know, website here, it's it seems pretty good. I'd give this a, I'd give this an eight out of ten. Hats off to Tony. Pretty good. I would say the website is more than good. It's, it's great. great. <laughs> Oh god! I think this, this game also makes me laugh because Don't weren't both of these teams the teams that were supposed to be in the Barstool Sports Bowl? Is that how this happened? Because I, like I was saying, isn't the Sun Bowl historically like a pretty decent? Like a pretty I feel bowl? like I can't remember the exact specifics, but I feel like both of these teams came from not this bowl. They had to just be replacements at the last minute. Okay, we were we were because the payout up. for the Barstool Sports Bowl was like eight hundred thousand. While the payout for this bowl is three and a half million, so they bought out their contract and were okay. like, we'll just go to the Sun Bowl instead. I mean, I'm just looking historically the Sun Bowl. I mean, most years, every other year, there's at least like one ranked team playing another uh, team. Generally, you know, two P5 programs. So, yeah, to see to see seven and five Washington State play Central Michigan is a little bit shocking. No offense. Um, that said, though, as far as this game is concerned. Uh, I'll be honest, I think the Pac-12 is having a pretty bad year overall. We just saw Oregon get kind of blown out by Oklahoma. Um, that said, though, I, I think Washington State probably wins this one. Central Michigan, I mean, let's face it, man. The, the P5 teams they play this year, they got destroyed by a pretty mediocre LSU team, as well as a fairly mediocre Mizzou. Um, I just think I think Washington State just has more firepower. They're a pretty high-scoring offense, generally speaking. So I think they should have no troubles putting up points against Central Michigan. And if, if Washington State drops like 40 points, I don't think Central Michigan's going to match them. I got Washington State all day. Yeah, I have Washington State as well. I mean, they're kind of an interesting in an interesting position because they still don't have a, a full-time head coach. Mm-hmm. I, think they've, I think they've made the replacement hire, but I mean, it's still... He's essentially an interim coach. Yeah, I, I get so that. It's interesting. I get that. Um, but I mean, actually, Washington State, looking, looking at their schedule here, they've won... Um, Six of their last eight games this season. So they definitely have some momentum going for them. Um, this is definitely a game they want to win and, and build off that momentum. You know, capping an eight-win season would be pretty good for them, especially kind of rebuilding with new coaches and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I got, I got the Cougs. I got the Cougs winning big in this one, to be honest. I did, too. It's actually kind of interesting because had Washington State beat Oregon in one of the last games of the season, Washington State would have been the Pac-12 representative yeah. in the uh, championship game. It's crazy. So... I mean, that's the Pac-12 yeah. for you, dude. It's chaos. Like, it actually is unpredictable. <laughs> but you can't say about a lot of conferences. So, Yep. And before fun. moving on to the playoffs, which we are about to do, oh. that's next, coming up next, oh. I'm looking at some of the web pages like on ESPN for these teams, and it's mm-hmm. kind of funny because the headline and the picture associated says, seven gallons of mayonnaise, how many <laughs> french fries? What could it take to pull off bowl season's food celebrations? Because they talked about dunking the coaches Hell and like yeah. mayonnaise and tequila yep. named after the bowls. Yep. And it's just literally a giant tub bucket of mayonnaise. Actually, that's the picture. They that's finally the have one. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed like last year because Wisconsin won the mayo bowl last year, by the way. And I think everyone was kind of anticipating that they would dump the mayonnaise onto Paul Christ for the celebration. Uh, didn't happen. I think it was just a regular Gatorade bath, unfortunately. Uh, uh, but I think Dabo everyone, did get a cheese at bath. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's great. But I think everyone wants mayonnaise in particular. Like, can you imagine? Like, I don't think it's ever happened before. Like, <laughs> has anyone in history been dumped with mayo? I uh, feel like it would be hard because isn't mayo? Mayo's kind of thick. It'd yes, be a little hard. It might like, take it would like just kind of like a few minutes to. It would all like dump out at once. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, not like Gatorade. It'd be, it wouldn't be fast. It'd be like a slow like. Yeah, it'd be a slow. You'd be like, hold on, coach, stay right there for just a second right. while it slowly splitters out of the bucket. What I've suggested I've seen is they could have done is had a bunch of mayo packets 
filled into. It, it might not be as fun, but like that'd be that would work, right? Just like dump like a thousand mayo packets onto the coach. Wouldn't get a messy. There might be a few, you know, casualties of people stepping on them with their cleats on the sidelines, but I think I think that people want to see a mayo bath, and I think we're gonna get it. And I'm, I'm it's it's to me it might be the highlight of the bowl season if it happens. I want to see Mac Brown doused in mayonnaise. <laughs> Be fun. And I hate mayo. Sure. I hate mayonnaise, by the way, but I want to see it. <laughs> well, that's that's okay. I like mayonnaise. All right, then, Randy. Shall we move on to? I'm ready. We are going to talk about Alabama versus Cincinnati hey, hey. in the CFP semifinal at the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Now I know you have Texas. a lot to say about this, but we have to give the due diligence to Goodyear. I'm going to Goodyear.com. Uh, this website's kind of mediocre. Kind of mediocre. I expected more, especially from such a premier sponsor. Like they Normally, a lot of these sponsors have a giant banner at the top of the website that says, you know, shouts out to the, uh, you know... Yeah, I noticed Jesus that. Bowl they don't even talk about the game. It's surprising, because Goodyear is such a big sponsor of, you know, um, sports in general and college football. The Goodyear blimp. I know when I went to the Cotton Bowl back in 2015, they had the blimp there. For crying out loud, which is pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, I'd get the website like a six out of ten. Uh, not too impressed. It's not bad, but it's 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 pretty pretty meh. Pretty meh. It's one of those typical functional, functional. blue collar websites. Yeah. It's all it has to do. It tires, yeah. How fun. Uh, that said, talking about fun, we've got you know perhaps one of the biggest games in G five history coming up here, Randy. I'm just going to give you the floor on this one. I know you have a lot to say, and I'll come in in the second. I do have a lot to say, but I feel like I feel like at this point in the season, we have so much game tape of both of these teams that there's there's not really a whole lot of unknowns. I feel like we pretty much know what both of these teams are, what they can do, what they're capable of, yeah. and we know what can happen when things aren't clicking, as we saw in the Auburn game. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if we can bring our A game. No pun intended. Huh. I think that's what it really really boils down to. Like yeah. if we if we bring if we bring our best game, our A game, and we play it pretty well, then there's I don't think there's literally anything Cincinnati well, can do to beat us. And not just Cincinnati, I think any team. I think if Bama does play locked in like they did in the SEC championship, um, <clears throat> I don't care who it is. No offense to Cincy, no offense. But to that anyone. is a very big win. if. I mean, that is a very big if because like it was it was such a night and day performance from Auburn yeah. to the SEC championship game in one week that it would be very possible i can see us our, our offensive line play reverting back yeah. and our uh oc bill o'brien not knowing how to adapt to that situation and that could right. cause a problem especially given that they have two first round corners dbs in their backfield that could cause a problem the one thing about cincinnati though is they are a talented team but when it comes to like group of five recruiting and even especially them i mean they are still a group of five team and their mm-hmm. recruiting kind of shows mm-hmm. is that they can recruit talented players, but they're all on average like two to three inches shorter and about thirty pounds lighter than all of our players. Here's the thing. So while they're talented, like they it doesn't mean that they can't win these games, but it means they have zero room for error. That's fair. For what it's worth, Randy, and I don't mean to, you know, rag on this, but the SEC is 0 4 right now in bowl games. I mean we Okay, saw first four, of all I, I know, look, but I'm just saying they, the whole talent. One thing we've talked about a lot through this bowl season is the talent gaps. And I, I acknowledge they exist. I think everyone sees it. I think it's different whenever it's the third, second worst SEC team playing the AAC runner-up and barely squeaking that out. I mean, isn't I mean, Florida like a top 10 
talent composite team in the nation? They they are. I mean, look, they do have a lot of depth, but they have a ton of opt outs, a ton of transfers, and they don't have a head coach. I get that. I so get like, that. how many of the how much of that but talent is actually I think, playing? And I mean, they still probably have more on the yeah. field than UCF, but UCF also has has had a bunch of transfers in from all, Auburn. All, all I'm saying like is there Kat there Bryant. is there is more to the conversation than talent. Now that said, that said. I, I think thought, it matters in the sense that it means they have less room for error. Less room for error. I agree with that. I think if Cincinnati was playing Georgia or Michigan, I honestly think they'd have like a, honest to God, 50-50 shot. I, I really mean that because this is a damn good football team. This is an insanely well-coached football team. This is a team that's hungry, um, a very veteran team. They have a lot going for them. I just feel bad that they have to play Alla-freaking-Bama. <laughs> In the first round, like the first time a G5 ever makes the playoffs, they have to play Alabama, which I'm sorry, man, is just, it's it's a death sentence. It's not just a death sentence for Cincy, it's a death <laughs> sentence for everyone. I mean, let's face it, it's Alabama, dude. Like, at the end of the day, yes, you were saying, like, you know, Alabama does need to come out and play well. They can't, they can't slack off. I agree with that. I think that's true for any team. The thing is, Nick Saban, the playoffs, dude, it's it's another level. They shift into another gear every single season. They execute flawlessly every single season come playoff time. It's just it's just the reality. Like, you're going to get the absolute best version of Alabama in the playoffs. Full stop. And that that's that's why they win these championships, dude. They always play to their potential. And I just I feel bad for Cincy because I think Cincy is probably going to play to their potential too. I think Cincy is going to play a pretty clean game, a disciplined game. They're going to execute very high, you know, at a very high level. But I just don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think anyone, for, for anyone, it could be Michigan, it could be Georgia, it could be anyone, it's not going to be enough because it's Alabama in the playoffs. Now, to be fair, we have not always played to our potential in playoff games. I think the sloppiest one we had, granted it was like eight years ago, seven years ago, was 2014 versus Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. And also, what was it, 2016 versus Clemson? That was a, that was a slacking. That's true. And 2018 versus Clemson, no, where that, that was the it slot. played well. We actually outgained Clemson yeah. in that game, but still lost 18 to 41. I mean, that was Trevor Lawrence at the peak of this guy might be the best quarterback of all time, for what it's worth. I'm just making the point that I, I get it. Can't, I get we it. can't just show up and win. I get it. I get it. But um, I don't know, man. I, I feel bad for Cincy because I, I do think you know if if and when they lose this game. It's going to be a bad look for G5 schools all around. And it's going to be... It's I don't... Be, okay, I, really I, I disagree with that. I don't it think it's be. about the G5 at all. You have to remember, Cincinnati is about to become a P5 school. They're about to be a Big 12 sure. school. I don't think this affects the group of five at all. I mean, at the end of the day, the group of five, they don't have nearly the same access to talent, to recruit, mm-hmm. money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're just going to innately be at a disadvantage just based off the nature of they're less popular, you know? Mm-hmm. And that just kind of is what it is. So I don't think it has much to do with the group of five. I think it has way more to do with Cincinnati showing that it's possible for anyone to kind of have a rise if you have so, you know, good leadership within yeah. the athletic program. Yeah. I, I'll say this. You, you gave your hot take for the week with the Rutgers upsetting Wake Forest. My hottest take of this whole season. This is, you know, I've made a lot of hot takes, a lot of predictions throughout the year. Okay. This is the one I want you to quote me on. This is, this is, this is my absolute i am locked in on this alabama's winning the national championship okay and beyond that cincinnati is going to keep it closer against alabama they're going to lose by less points than georgia or michigan that's my take i think honestly i think that's honestly i could see it 
Because I think Cincinnati is the kind of team, I think Bama's going to come out early and, and you know, be up 28-3 to three at half. Something like that, right? Like a very big lead. But I don't think Cincy's going to give up. I think Cincy's going to play a full 60 minutes, all four quarters. They're not going to stop being aggressive. They're not going to just play conservative and put their tail between the legs in the fourth quarter when they're down big. I think they're going to keep scoring. Even if it's a, a futile effort, I think they find a way to keep it within 14. I really do. I think they find a way to just, like, keep playing, keep pounding the ball, keep throwing downfield, playing aggressively. And just because they want they want respect more than anything. And I think they'll get some respect at the end of the day. Even I if think they, they know that they're playing for more than just exactly. this year's game. Whereas I think both Michigan and Georgia, in that same scenario where they're down big at half, just, just want it to end at some point. At some point, Georgia, you know, late in the fourth quarter, just is just going to run the ball and kill the clock and accept that they're down 35, you know, late in the game. I, I think that's the difference here. So that's why I'm saying since he loses, yeah, but I think they keep it much closer than Georgia or Michigan, regardless of who wins that one. Here's the thing. I'm gonna. My final thoughts on the game are: it's gonna come down to two things. One, the first, the easy one, is the fact that Cincinnati, based on they actually match up very well with us. They're very good at at key positions that they need to be good at to have even a chance at beating Alabama, mm-hmm. such as their DBs having two first round DBs. Is, um, that they have to have that. Yeah. Based on how good our receivers and quarterback is, Heisman winner Bryce Young. Um, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. They, they have to. So what they can do is they can do what a lot of teams did that was actually very successful, which is bring a blitz and let their and let their uh, DBs beat us in man coverage. And a lot of teams were very successful in doing that. So it's going to come down to to that matchup and our offensive line holding up for another game. Yeah. Which I hope they can. I know they can. But it's a matter of whether or not they actually do. Yeah. And I think it's also going to come down to quarterback play. Really? And by quarterback play, I mean for Bryce Young, it's going to come down to how can – is he going to have enough time to be able to do what he needs to do? And for Desmond Ritter, is he going to be able to step up versus this level of competition? And very yeah. quickly, I'm going to look up Please. one more thing before we move on. What were his stats in the Notre Dame game? Yeah, that's. I mean, that and was so in the Notre test. Dame game. Yeah. He was 19 of 32 for 300 yards and two touchdowns. He needs to have a game like that to yeah. have a chance. I, I agree. Because, I mean, really, again, historically, you look back at teams that have beaten Bama over the years. One thing they all have in common is ridiculously good quarterback play, right? you got to thread the needle in every single pass that you can and make zero mistakes. We're talking, like, literally no turnovers for Cincy the entire game, which is not easy to do. But if they can do that, yes, then they would have a chance. But will they? Probably not. But I think they're still going to try hard. I think they're still going to just remember a lot hard. This there. game is a thirteen and a half point spread. It's nuts. The Texas A and M game was an eighteen and a half point spread. <laughs> Rat poison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to this one in a way. Like, yeah, if it's a bloodbath, I might turn it off just because I'll be disgusted. But I'm sure you'll have a good time regardless, Randy. I I don't think Cincy can possibly win this. I really don't. I don't think they can. But. Uh, I'm still proud of them. I'm proud of them for making it here. I think it's a cool storyline. I really do. Um, and I just, I hope, I just hope it's competitive. I'm not saying even close. I just hope it's competitive. That's all I want. You just don't want to see them get run off the field. I don't I want to see them run okay. off the field. Yeah, don't don't pull a Michigan State versus Bama. That was rough. You know <laughs> like, honestly, because that was pathetic. It was pathetic. Don't do that. But we don't have the type of team that's able to do that this year. We're going to have to play kind of more high-flying rather than just make them quit. That's fair. All right, then. Did you have predictions, by the way? Do you have a final prediction on the score? Maybe we should have scores for these games. Your final thoughts? I, I don't... Okay. Oh. 
I, don't I got, even I got a score. Before. I've got a score in mind. Go, go ahead and give your score. Give I your got score. Bamba 42, Cincy 28. I think I don't even think they score twenty eight. I'm gonna be honest. I think our defense shuts them down. I'm not gonna give a score prediction. It's wow. way too bad mojo don't to do that. But uh, I think the way the game is going to play out is I really think our defense is going to be able to shut them down, and they're only going to be able to score off of unique kind of trick plays. I, I not necessarily pulled out trick plays. I expect plays, a lot of those. I expect a lot of those. Yeah, I, I do expect a lot of those, and it's, and I think we're going to expect it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they they do something about it. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I just want a good game, man. I just want a good game. Our defense is, is in full-on shutdown mode, and they have been this last half of the season. That is true. So. That Bama's defense is underrated. Uh, for what it's worth, I I want to talk about the next game, but it, so many playoff games historically have been blowouts. Have you noticed this? Are, aren't there only like a handful yeah, of games? Yeah, that's that very like true. One-point games? Or one yeah, it's very games? true. They usually are blowouts. And so I, I do fear this is just going to be another casualty in that regard. That's what I'm saying, man. I just, I just want something kind of interesting that's really all i'm asking for with, with both of these games i just want something kind of interesting because we have not been spoiled by these by these playoffs over the years they've been pretty bad actually all things considered <laughs> from, from a neutral fan's perspective for you it's great i'm sure but from other people they're not fun games to watch generally <laughs> uh moving on then speaking of hopefully fun games randy the second playoff game introduce it all right, we have Georgia versus Michigan, and I believe both of our teams played one of these teams. And this, this is season. the, of course, the Capital One Bowl. Capital One Orange, Orange Bowl, Bowl. Um, played in Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Looking at CapitalOne.com again. This is another financial, financial bowl sponsor, kind of lame, and and the website's lame too. Uh, low resolution header image, not impressed. I'm actually shocked at how kind of mediocre this website is given how big capital one credit union is i mean they're one of the biggest they're the biggest credit union in the country right like technically a credit union honestly i'll give it a five out of ten i'm very i thought it was funny how i went to the website Mm -hmm. and um it's auto filling my information to try to get me to log in really do you have an old capital one account from back in the day or something yeah i do i still have a capital one account okay i i use uh uw credit union it's uh wisconsin credit union here in town um so i don't know man with all these with all these like banks and credit unions it's like what you have is what you have like no one's switching like i i have no motivation to like switch to chase or something like that right like who does that i don't know man yeah it's hard to make the switch once they get you they get you once you get yeah it's like i know where to go for my bank i got my bank i know i know the you know i have the login well the here's the thing i feel like they don't these these financial companies they don't advertise to the average consumer they don't care if joe blow has a has a bank account with them they care about business accounts oh that's true that's where they make their money taking out big loans and stuff right and business accounts are very willing to change banks. that's true they care about like they really care about like interest rates and you know, they're making a lot of loan payments, probably. Unlike us oh, plebeians yeah. who just have a mortgage or a car payment or something. <laughs> so, I, I get that, I get that. But, that said, this is a game I'm, uh, you know, George versus Michigan. This is a game that I think actually has the potential to be one of those close, really exciting playoff games. One of those rare games that aren't a blowout <laughs> in the playoffs. Um, I, I think it seems like the world is favoring Georgia as they have been all season long, for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, just looking at this game here on ESPN, it looks like Georgia are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. 
ESPN's FPI gives them a two to three shot of winning this game. But listen, dude, I, I, I we've been harping on Georgia all season long, and you know, like we said a couple weeks ago, I felt justified. I think what 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 Bama did against Georgia showed their weaknesses, showed that they aren't this historically great team, that they're really just a, a, a very good team that just so happened to play against pretty mediocre competition all season long. I mean, you look at them, man. They're, they're big wins against, you know, Auburn. I mean, Auburn just lost to Houston. I mean, do they have a single win against a team that's currently ranked? Clemson, uh, they... Clemson I guess. I, guess. Clemson. I mean, that was a 10-3 snooze fest. They put up three points against Clemson all game long. Listen... We've, we've talked a lot of crap about Georgia, and I could spend all this time talking more crap about them, but you, you guys kind of know my thoughts on Georgia and how they're kind of overrated. I want to give a shout-out to Michigan. I, I really want to give credit to Jim Harbaugh and what the Michigan Wolverines have done this season. Um, I, I, I've seen them in person. And listen, over the years, I've seen a lot of teams. I've been to like 70 games in person in my life seeing Wisconsin play teams. And the Michigan that came to Camp Randall this season early on and beat us 30-17... to 17, is probably one of the best teams I've ever seen in person play. Um, better, better than Notre Dame. I saw them this season too. Um, better than Penn State. I mean, they they really have that it factor. They have that killer instinct that you need to win playoff games. And I, I get it. They're ranked number two. Like they obviously have gotten a lot of credit, but I think Vegas isn't giving them credit. I think the FPI. I get its numbers, but that's not giving them credit. I think the general pulse of college football is not giving them credit they deserve because I think they go against Georgia toe-to-toe and win this one in a bruiser. I think they won a game very similar to how they beat Ohio State uh, a couple weeks ago. I think I think Michigan has the firepower and the talent needed to win this game, and so we shouldn't sleep on them. I actually completely agree with that. I feel I like Michigan in this game in like a 24-21 kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're actually going to be able to hold up in the trenches yeah. better than anybody else Georgia has faced. Yeah, I think Alabama laid the blueprint for how to beat Georgia, and I think Michigan's going to follow it to a T, and Georgia's not going to find ways to adjust. It's easy to bring up the fact that JT Daniels has, is in COVID protocol. So even if he's ready to go, he's not yeah. really going to be ready to go. Seriously? They can't really yeah. do a whole lot with him. Yeah. So their quarterback situation is kind of, I guess, made easy for them to make the decision. But – I've been saying this a lot about Georgia, and it's that they are the type of team. What they'll do is, is they have they have a ton of talent. They have more five stars than anybody in the country, more than us. They have five more five stars than we do. They have nineteen. Um, and they've run. What they do is they run a lot of like simple schemes on both offense, which you obviously and on defense too, which a lot of people don't really notice as much. Mm-hmm. And they just let their athletes play where they're not going to make mistakes. Yep. The problem is when you run run up against a team with a kind of similar talent level yeah. that runs a little bit more complex and more adaptable schemes, mm-hmm. you're going to run into a lot of issues. And yeah. I think that's what it's going to boil down to. With that being said, oh. the talent gap between Michigan and Georgia is actually, for a playoff team, is pretty stiff. I'll say this, um, dude. Oh, I, I, I get the whole talent thing, but like, let's look at it this way from my perspective here, okay? Yes, Georgia's one in talent. Bama's a very, very close second. You know who's number three in talent composite? Ohio State. Ohio oh, that State. Is, I mean, you have a very good point. So there. they can clearly, true. they know, they can compete. Okay, it's not like Michigan is this, like, I get it, they're a Big Ten team. Michigan recruits the second best in the Big Ten. I think they're like a top ten in talent composite, if not pretty close. They're they, they're fifth. They're number fifteen. They actually have somehow they have less than Auburn. That's kind of they, weird. They've got me. NFL guys on their team. 
Um, they have it, the, the difference might be depth at that point. They still have five stars. They still have plenty of four stars to fill in the gaps. It's a very talented team. I, I make make no mistake of that. This is a very talented team, and beyond that, an extremely well coached team. I mean, Jim Harbaugh. People give him so much crap. He he is one of the best coaches in college football. He has been since he arrived. I'm sorry. Michigan was like a six and six program for years until he came into town. They've been a ten win team ever since then. Okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I love Jim Harbaugh. He's a great coach. I'm, he is a great coach. And that's the thing is he's done a very good job at slowly raising their floor so they can hit the ceiling, which mm-hmm. we've talked about quite a few times on the podcast. And he, he, he knows what he's doing. He know, He's built the program the right way. And I still love that quote where he said, some people start on third base and think they hit a triple. Exactly. And I think that's the philosophy of this whole team. They feel like... They feel like they can do this. I, I think it's it's not an overconfidence. It's it's a genuine like belief in yourself more than anything. And exactly, I, it's a yeah. genuine belief in yourself. And I feel yeah. like, and I actually think Georgia has lost confidence. Yes, in and here's why: you compare the two losses of Michigan and Georgia. Okay, for one thing, Michigan's loss happened like two months ago. Okay, against their rival at at Michigan State. Okay, it was a game they controlled like eighty percent of. They were winning pretty much, dominating the first like three and a half quarters. But they collapsed at the very end, okay? They beat themselves. They made mistakes from that fumble, like, late in the game that gave Michigan State the remember, ball. I do remember, yes. Okay, they learned from that, though. They didn't collapse against Ohio State when they were in a very similar position where they were leading, but it looked like Ohio State might might rally back. They doubled down. They didn't give up. Okay, they've learned from their past, and we, we've seen them improve, okay? Contrast that with Georgia, who just got destroyed. At their last game, they got destroyed against Bama. I, I don't even think the game was as close as the score indicates. I think Bama just completely outmatched them from start to finish, okay? They have nothing to build off of. They have nothing to, like, look back on and say, oh, if we just did this, you know, one or two things differently, we would have won that one. Hell no. They could have played Bama a hundred times and not won one of those games. So, like, in terms of morale and confidence, I, I don't know how Georgia can enter any game at this point. <laughs> And feel good about themselves. That has to be like Bama just destroys every team's confidence. We've said this in the past, haven't we? They do that. We have, us. and I feel like, and I feel like it also boils down to the fact that we've seen Michigan do what they need to do against top level teams yeah. with top level talent like Ohio State. Yeah. We haven't seen Georgia do that against top level teams with top level talent. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, I, I. I get it. I get the talent argument. I really do. But like we said, talent isn't everything. And even then, I the gap to me, man, I I guess I just don't see it as being that big of a deal. If we could even It's not massive, you know, but compared it is to Cincy it Bama, it's not bad. massive at all. It's not it's not a huge deal. Michigan has NFL players all over that roster. You know? I I, I get true. it. Not Very everyone true. is, but they have the talent, they have the playmakers who can step up and make those huge plays. So Again, though, I still think it is going to be a relatively low-scoring game just by the nature of these two teams, uh, both being pretty run-heavy heavy offenses. Um, I think Michigan does win this one, I think, probably by only like a touchdown, maybe even three points. I kind of agree with your scoreline there. I could see Michigan winning this one like 24-21. to 21. All right, I guess we're in agreement on this game. B- 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 both. We both. don't have a lot Michigan's to fight about. <laughs> tw- both in the same score? I love that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I, I I think Bama versus Michigan in the in the national title is um, in an inevitability at this point. Um, I just I, I even if Georgia, I, I'm not going to call it that. I I know the SEC and all. I know Big Ten bias. Make the mistake. I was ragging on Michigan earlier in the year, but they've they've actually impressed me as the season has gone on. So I and I can't say the same with Georgia. I'm sorry, I can't. So, regardless, though, I think Georgia Michigan will be a good game at a minimum. 
I think it's going to be kind of a back and forth, in the trenches, old school, you know, Big Ten, SEC, big, tough, very physical game. And I look forward to that. Um, It'll be fun. It should be fun. So All shall right. we move on then to uh, – <laughs> To the New York Six, to the York January first, the New York Six Bowls, well, almost all of kinda. them. I'm very excited for these actually. It's a couple, yeah. <clears throat> Starting off, the first game of the day is not a New York Six game. It's not, but it's a classic. It's it a is. favorite. It's a fan favorite. It is a classic. It's the Outback Bowl in Tampa, Florida, of Penn State versus Arkansas. So let's real quick go to Outback.com. Let's go back, Outback tonight, by the way. It's going to be Bloomin' Onion versus Bloomin' Pumpkin. It's a classic. Or what is it? No, no not Bloomin' Pumpkin. Bloomin' Onion versus Coconut Shrimp. That's Coconut right. Shrimp, yeah, yeah. So actually looking at this website, one thing I look for in a chain restaurant website is, is really big, vibrant images of their food that makes me want to go there and eat it. And I got to say, Outback.com does a great job of this. Uh, you, you boot up the website and right away, in your face, is a massive T-bone steak. Looks delicious. Um, I'm getting hungry just thinking about this. Now, I was going to say, this looks really good. I've never gone Outback before. Um, I've always wanted to, but we don't have any Madison, I don't think. Um, and there's no way in hell I'm going there with COVID going on right now. But at some point in my life, I would like to go Outback tonight and um, have one of these steaks because this looks good. I'd get this like 8 out of 10, maybe 9 out of 10. It's, it's a good-looking website. Yeah, it's very good. I kind of I kind of want to go there. I'm going to go there. We're going to go there to get either the Bloomin' Onion yeah. or the uh, Coconut Shrimp. It's, just it's a to... great sponsor, dude. Like, you think about it, oh, like, yeah. the incentive, like, I, I get it. I know you'll be rooting for the SEC, and I always root for the Big Ten. But for, like, <laughs> neutral fans, right, they're like, oh, I want the coconut shrimp, right? And they're, like, rooting for, you know, the team to win because they want the free blooming onion or something. I think I think it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> so. It's definitely, hey, it's a great PR move, and it's also, like, it's part of why we love bowl season. Just exactly. all the shenanigans. It's the shenanigans. That said, though, we have Penn State versus number 21 Arkansas in this game. Um, you know, heading into the season, if you had told me Penn State was playing Arkansas in a bowl game, I probably would have favored Penn State just because, you know, I, I really believed in Sean Clifford. I really believe this was a team that was capable of winning a New Year's Six Bowl. It's, it's generally a very good program, but man, Penn State this year has really underperformed overall. I mean, they've lost uh, five of their last seven games. Um, in, in contrast, Arkansas actually has been a pleasant surprise. They, they've been, you know, they're eight and four ranked <clears throat> this time of year. That's fairly impressive they, they gave alabama a decent run for the money at least based off the final score line um i i think i think i like arkansas on this one i hate to say it hate root against the big 10 but i got the razorbacks winning this one i like arkansas in this game too i feel like sam Pittman has done a very good job at getting the most that he possibly can out of what this team is capable of as a first year head coach yeah and I think that matters a lot in a game like this. I feel like they're going to come out. They're actually going to be motivated. I think they will be motivated. Yeah. I think they, they have something to play for. They're trying to build on something, build on the season. For sure. While Penn State, I, I kind of get the vibe. After they started out 5-0 and to end up 7-5, and That's pretty I think impressive. they're just kind of ready to be out. Although James Franklin leaving thing obviously didn't, but it, it, that was kind of the, you know, the vibe at the middle of the year. For what it is worth for Penn State's credit, they have played decent teams. Again, Ohio State. Michigan, Michigan State, and they've lost most of the games by pretty pretty close scores. They lost to Illinois by two, Iowa by three, Michigan State by three, Michigan by four, uh, you know, Ohio State by by less than ten. So, like, they've at least played close games, and I, I kind of expect it to be a similar type of situation against Arkansas. I could see them losing, but still keeping it close. 
Um, and because of that, I think it's going to be a pretty fun game. I could see this being a, a game where Arkansas wins by maybe a touchdown or maybe even just a field goal. And I could see it be somewhat back and forth in that regard. So I'm looking forward to this one. I think Arkansas wins, but it should be pretty close. I think it would be a close one, too. I remember Arkansas played us. They played probably their best game of the year yeah. against us. They played very well, and I was very impressed by them. Justin, they, they know they know how to play situational football. Right. They have a very good receiver. I don't know if Traylon Burks is still playing in the bowl game. I think that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, it's Sean Clifford as well. I don't I don't even know his current status, if he's out or whatever. But uh, who knows, man? Who knows if this game is even going to happen with COVID going on? But uh, <clears throat> let's hope it does because we need that free free Bloomin' Onion. We need the Bloomin' Onion shrimp. or the coconut which, shrimp. Which do you prefer? Have you had both? I have not really had both. I think I like the coconut shrimp. I'm feeling the coconut shrimp. Okay. I don't I don't like shrimp and I don't like coconut, so I'd probably hate that. But the blue and onion sounds good. I would definitely try that out. Um, All right. Moving on. Yes. We are ready for a bowl game a bowl game sponsor that I know you've talked about. Oh yes. Oh yes. PlayStation Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame. Now who doesn't know PlayStation? You go to PlayStation.com. This is this this is a fantastic website, by the way. You can tell because it's Sony, right? They know their audience. People they have the, to, yeah, they have the to have internet. a good website. It's a great website. Honestly, I'd give it either a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. Very colorful, colorful, vibrant. Just all these games they're advertising. It makes me want to break up the PS4 and start playing. And I mean, PlayStation in general, dude, this is a pretty unique sponsor. It used to be the Tostitos Festival, if you recall, which was the best sponsor of all time. We all, we all acknowledge that. Then it changed to like the Battle Frog Festival for like a for like a year or two. I remember that. It was weird. <laughs> that was a weird. Sponsor. But then it, now it's the PlayStation Festival, which I, I get it. PlayStation has nothing to do with Fiesta. Tostitos was perfect, but I like PlayStation as a sponsor overall. They have the great logo. I'm a PlayStation fanboy. At least I have been throughout the years. I don't have a PS5, but everyone who participates in this bowl game, all the players, get a free PS5, which that's got to be like the best possible bowl gift you could get at this point. So. Good for them. Good for these kids at Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. That said, this game, we got a, a top 10 matchup, two top 10 teams. Oklahoma State, of course, um, falling just short in the Big 12 championship game against Baylor, literally a yard short from winning it. And Notre Dame, who played basically a perfect season outside of the one loss to Cincy. Um, we have two very, very talented teams here. Uh, very well-coached teams, two very good programs. What's interesting to me, and I think the biggest storyline of this game, is going to be how Notre Dame does without um, Brian Kelly. You know, this is their first game without him in, like, what, 15 years? Something like that? Yeah. Do you know if, um, is, is it Josh Freeman? Is that the new head Marcus coach? Freeman. Marcus Freeman is going to be, Josh Freeman's like a quarterback, I think. Yeah. Is, is Marcus Freeman going to be coaching this one? Do you know? I think he will. I think he will be because he was their defensive coordinator. So I think it's going to be, be easy, a pretty easy seamless transition. transition. Yeah, I could see that. I know I'm, most of the time when there's a new coaching hire, they don't. They don't. They can't contractually even coach the game, technically the bowl game. Um, so this should be fun. I think all eyes are going to be on him and on Notre Dame, um, and kind of seeing how they can you know do in this new era. Um, I, I think honestly, I think Notre Dame kind of has the slight edge in that regard. Um, even though they obviously don't have their head coach, um, I feel like they're going to have a lot to play for. A lot to play for because we know the players love Freeman, as we've seen. I think there's no question about that. The players love him. The fan base loves him. It's a very big, you know, it's an opportunity to kind of kick off this new era with a huge New York Six win. That said, when was the last time Notre Dame won a New York Six Bowl? It's been a while. They always get to those games and lose. And that's kind of why I like why I like Oklahoma State. Because you have to remember, 
Oklahoma State was probably a yard away from maybe making the playoffs, depending on that's the committee's true. decision. Yeah, that's I don't true. think they would have put them in, but that no, was but I mean, a possibility. They were, they were legitimately close. I mean, because you know, prior to that, they only lost one game against Iowa State, a very close loss. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you know, Oklahoma State is, like I said, a very, very talented team, very well coached team overall. Um, and I'm looking forward to this one. I think I think Notre Dame probably wins it. I think they do, but I think it's going to be a pretty close game, kind of a back and forth brawl. I could see the final score being something like 35-32, something like that. Um, I just feel like Oklahoma State knows that they're building building towards something that's not just about this year, and I think they're going to be very motivated for that reason. You think so? I mean, this is I, I get I get the point about Notre Dame, but I feel like Oklahoma the same can actually be said for Oklahoma State, even though it's Mike Gundy's what seventeenth year. Something yeah. crazy like that, but I, I, you know, I feel like it matters. I feel like it matters in that context that they're also trying to build themselves up. I mean, both both programs are, and it's definitely true for I think most NY six teams, New York six bowl games, right? You, you, you're generally going to have two programs that are kind of on the cusp of the playoffs, right? These are like the next guys out, um, and yeah, I mean, especially with the Big Twelve, man. Actually, it's a good point with 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 OU leaving and Texas leaving. The Big 12 does feel a little bit open, right? And there's going to be some team has to kind of step up and, and take on that role of the next powerhouse playoff contender within the Big 12. And so, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I think they have a ton to play for, but I, I still lean Notre Dame. I still lean Notre Dame slightly. I think by a touchdown, maybe a field goal, I think they have the slight edge. Moving on to probably one of my least favorite sponsors of bowl season Ugh. is... The Verbo Citrus Bowl. I hate Verbo. I'm sorry. I hate their commercials. I hate their whole, like, they try so hard to, like, be, I don't know how to describe it. Like, millennial, like, kind look of? Look at this millennial and this weird, like, Perfect cute world. way that doesn't, yeah. that comes off as disingenuous. It's very disingenuous. It's, it's like, so look, so you don't go to an Airbnb. Well, it's basically Airbnb, right? Right, right, right. You don't go to an Airbnb to, like get that type of experience you go to airbnb because it's cheap and you feel kind of awkward the whole time you do you don't you don't make it your house you don't go into somebody else's house and make it your house exactly like, exactly. like they try to like present it as it's just kind of weird to me yeah we've we've done airbnb only a few times we went to the cotton bowl actually in texas we stayed at an airbnb at this like old lady's house and it was kind of weird it was like the, the, the main advantage is like you kind of get to like experience like the city a little bit more authentically you know, you're not in, like, a hotel off of a highway exit. You're, like, in an actual neighborhood, which is kind of cool, I think, when visiting a place. But, yeah, like, to, to paint it as this, like, really, like, it's a family-friendly millennial, like, oh, I, I'm so excited to stay at the beach and have, like, a, you know, a yacht on my front porch or something. Like, that's, like, come on, folks. That's not the reality. It's, it's never quite exactly, like and they try to, and they try to paint these hosts at these people who like this is their full time job or their <laughs> like, verbal no, hosts. No, and they no. have it's like and they have this experience, this grand experience. It's just rich people who house. have a spare house and want to make some extra money. I can't blame them. I think it's a fine. It's like it's an okay business model. At least the houses are being put to use, right? Better than just yeah. I don't even know if it's that or if it's literally just Airbnb extra rooms being rented out. Do you have? Do you get the whole house? I don't. It depends. I think on the situation. To be honest, I think. It kind of depends because, like, some of these are like condos. Some are going to be like apartments. Some are going to be, you know, massive mansions. I don't know if you like can split it up. Um, but yeah, dude, I, the website too is it's okay. Like, I'd, I'd maybe give like a seven out of ten. They have a lot of pictures of like these really cute homes and like you know very scenic vistas and stuff and luxurious interiors and beachside houses. 
They but keep again, going to show people having fun and smiling, which reality. I mean, I get. It's just not the reality, though. It's it's, And that's fine. Like, it's fine that reality is, like, the world is not on the beach. Let's face it. The world is one of the trenches, like these bowl games. And speaking of bowl games, <laughs> we have a very tough and rough uh, matchup here. Number 15, Iowa, versus number 22, Kentucky. Now, Iowa. This is another one of those teams we've clowned on throughout the year. Have we not? We um, have. We have given them a fair share of hatred. Um, and on the, on the reverse end of things, I feel like Kentucky's a team we haven't really we haven't really talked a lot about, despite them being nine and three and ranked. Um, I mean, your thoughts on Kentucky? You've obviously probably seen a lot more of them than I have. You know, being they're kind fan. of they they they're kind of like Iowa, but with a better quarterback. <laughs> that, that's a really good way to describe them. They have a they're they're a tough team. They're known for mm-hmm. playing tough. They have a tough physical offensive line. Yep. They have a tough defense. I mean, that's just kind of their identity. They're kind of like Georgia light hmm. in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, yeah. And they've played some tough games and versus some tough teams. They like, I mean, they played Georgia. Though they haven't also, just looking at their schedule here, I mean, I, their one ranked win was against number 10 Florida, who's currently 6-7. Yeah. and seven. Well, it's not a ranked win, but you, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. It seems like uh, they haven't played necessarily the toughest schedule. Where actually, I would say Iowa maybe has played a tougher schedule. I mean, they played Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. Yeah, I get it. We suck. Minnesota. Um, so I, I think Iowa, like, you know, Iowa's been tested. Obviously, they failed the test a handful of times. Um, where I think Iowa wins and has won throughout the season is kind of off of just, like, luck. And we saw it against um, Iowa State. We, they let other teams beat themselves. Do you see Kentucky as the kind of team that will beat itself? And that's, that's exactly the issue is that Kentucky is not the type of team to beat themselves, just traditionally speaking, yeah. and especially this year. Like, they didn't beat themselves versus Georgia. They played a pretty good game. It just wasn't enough to get it done versus a team with that much talent. Yeah. And that's just kind of how they play. They play tough, mistake-free football. That's, that's what they're known for. And yeah. Iowa's offense, to me, is just so Non-existent. bad. They put up three against Michigan. I get Michigan's good, but three points, really? Like that's It's so bad and bland and boring that yeah. like if, if Kentucky gets a few stops, they're just yeah. not going to adjust. I mean, they have games where they just completely lay an egg. They, they only scored seven against Purdue. They only scored seven against us, you know, three against Michigan. And it does, yeah, I, I agree. Like, if Kentucky can kind of get in, get a lead early and force Iowa to be kind of flustered and have to pass the ball and play from behind, I think it's game over at that point. Like, the only way Iowa wins this is if they somehow – you know, like really establish the one early on, get a comfortable-ish lead, like a 14-3 lead, and kind of coast off that, playing a very tough defensive battle. But I, I just don't think they do, man. I think I think Iowa is a meme school. They should not be 15 ranked. They're, they're, they're not the 15th best team in the country. I'm sorry. Um, they won the games they should win, but they've also lost the games they should have lost. And I think they should lose this one. So I got Kentucky all day. Yeah, I also have Kentucky. All right, moving on. We have Rose Bowl, yes. the Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One Venture X. It's kind of weird to have a uh, what is Venture a, X? A, not just not Capital One, but yeah. Venture X. I've never heard of this. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to hear about it watching this. It's like an unlimited travel mile type of hotel. Something like that. These travel it's, cards, uh, dude. Ugh. It's one of those travel no, cards. I, mean, I need to rant about this because I, I feel like it's like in poor taste. <laughs> Listen, okay. I, for those of you who don't know, I was originally going to be watching the national championship game with my toes in the sand on a beach in Mexico in a week and a half. We were going on a family trip that we planned for over a year to go to Mexico. And Christmas, let's just say, was spent basically mulling over whether or not it's a good idea to go at this point in time. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not. 
Uh, airports are having so many cancellations. There's the threat of like catching COVID abroad and being stuck there while you wait in quarantine. It's just, it's just not a good idea. F- forget like your personal thoughts on like whether you care or not of getting sick or whether you have faith in your vaccine, you know, protecting you. Right now seems like the worst possible time to travel since the very start of the pandemic. Is that fair to say, Randy? I think that's fair to say because it's a matter of like if you can go there and you can get it and you can be asymptomatic, but if you have like the slightest bit yeah. of anything, yeah. you're going to be stuck there. You're stuck there, dude. And it's like this travel, you know, advertising these travel cards, of, you know, save on on flights and you know, book more miles and There's hotels. Something, they want people to travel so they'll make money, but it's yeah. like that's a really not good idea it's, right it's now. A, it's a bad look. I'm sure it was a good look three months ago when they, you know, were, were, were finalizing these sponsorships or something, but. Just bad timing, bad timing, poor taste in Capital One. I've already rigged on the website. I'm not a fan. I'm giving this like a zero to ten just because it's tasteless. I'm sorry, it's tasteless. It's tasteless. I, I get it. I get it. As far as the game itself, it is Utah versus Ohio State. And Utah, we hey. have talked very highly of. They've done yeah. very well since they changed quarterbacks. I mean, yes. you remember they started out one and two versus yep. with two losses to group of five teams. Mm-hmm. But are since ten and three with a Pac-12 championship win. Yeah, a dominant one too over Oregon. Dominant win. They beat the crap out of Oregon two, what is it, two out of three weeks? Yeah. At the end of the season. That was kind of funny. Very impressive. Yeah, um, Utah for me is definitely one of the feel-good stories of this year. I think they're a very likable program. Lest we forget, Utah used to be a G5 team, you know, back in the day. And, you know, to see them kind of be, you know, the head honcho of the Pac-12, even if they're not a playoff contender, it's cool to see. It's cool to see. It, it gives programs like Wisconsin, like fans like us, kind of hope, right? That, you know, if, if Utah can do it, why can't we? Um, and in contrast, Ohio State is this like very evil villain, you know, the arch nemesis of, of college football <laughs> yeah. up there with Alabama and Georgia. Um, now, obviously, Ohio State's going to be a very talented team, and they definitely have that advantage going for them. But let's face it, man, they lost to Oregon at home earlier on in the season, and they just got kind of, I don't want to say destroyed, but definitely bullied by Michigan um, on the road. I think Ohio State, like, we know who they are. Like, if, if they play really well and execute at their full potential, much like all these talented teams, yeah, they should win. But will they? I don't know, man. I'm not... I think Ryan Day actually might be showing some cracks in the skin. I think some rust is being shown here by Ohio State, and it's, it's very much his team now, and now that Urban's gone, it, it, it feels like Ohio State... Maybe some of that luster is kind of starting to fade away this season. Is that, is that, <clears throat> is that fair to say? I mean... I kind of get what you're saying, but I don't want to overreact to a singular ten and two season. Yeah. I mean, it's still ten and two. I don't want to go too far with it, yeah. but I kind of get what you're saying. It doesn't. They don't seem right. Yeah, some, there's something off about them. Something's off. Um, and you know, in, in contrast, I mean, Utah. Like, have they played a team as good as Ohio State? Mm, no. I mean, Oregon on paper is very talented, but we've also seen Oregon kind of collapse here again. They just got destroyed by. Oklahoma. So I, I could see Ohio State kind of catching them off guard, if that makes any sense. Like, I could see Ohio State, you know, coming out early, you know, laying some haymakers, going up like 21-3, and it, it kind of, you know, spiraling out of control. But I think if Utah can play a really close for- first quarter, if they can come out of the first quarter, even down seven, I think they win the game. I think they win late, actually. I think this is a very disciplined team that has way more to play for than Ohio State. And I think that that's, that's important, dude. I think motivation is important in these bowl games. Because um, Ohio State doesn't want to be there. Full stop. Their fans don't care. Like, they, they don't care about the Rose Bowl. Let's face it. They're, they're, they're going to be, they're going to watch it to hate and spite. Okay, whereas with Utah, this is one of the biggest games in program history, potentially. They've never won a Rose Bowl before. So, I think Utah has a lot to play for. 
And as long as they can keep it close in the first half, they close it out in the second. They get the job done, and Utah wins. So I think they win in a close one. Do you think Ohio State is uh, – we've seen what they're capable of, and I think if they just do a fraction of that, they'll be fine. I really, I mean, I think they're just a better all-around team. At they probably are, but position. with bowl season, dude, I mean, motivation's a big thing. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I have to bring it up again. The SEC should not be 0-4, and I think it's because it's when teams don't want to be there. You can, you can see it on the field. I'm not trying to single out the SEC. I'm literally ragging on the Big Ten team right now because Ohio State, they don't want to be there, dude. Like full stop. I really don't even see. Don't I, I don't even think it's about that. I don't even think it's about that in this game specifically. And I think for the SEC teams that lost, it's less about them not wanting to be there and more about the fact that they're literally, you're literally watching the the second worst and third worst SEC teams play the conference champion runner up of the AAC. So I mean, it's not really. I mean, I get it. You would I would expect Houston to go six and six in the SEC, and that's what happened. Is they had a last, you know. Obviously, we had the same situation, but I'm saying they had to have a fourth quarter comeback against yeah. the six and six. No, I, I, I get it. It's about I get what it. you I expect. It. I get it. But so I mean, I mean, I mean, there's that. I'm talking broadly here. I'm talking broadly when I say very this. broadly speaking. I don't even know if Ohio State is that demotivated. Oh, I mean, I feel sure. like their players would think about it. I think their players kind of like understand the ones that are demotivated and don't really want to be there because of the NFL are they're gone. Listen, and I feel like Ohio State players, especially players like C.J. Stroud. They know that this is an important game to use to build on. And I think they're going to use it as a good learning opportunity. And I think, I don't even know. I think it depends on how um, Ryan Day is going to coach the team up going into the bowl game. That's fair. And I would hope that he says, hey, young players, you know, with all the opt-outs, this is your Mm -hmm. chance to step up. Show me what you got. This is about next year building on something. I'll just say I'll leave it. With Utah, it feels like instead of for Utah, this feels less like building on something. And more like this is our this is our Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is I totally fine, dude. Like the Rose Bowl is a huge deal. I'm sorry for for, for oh for yeah, it is. Like it's a, Utah, it is a huge deal. They should treat it like that. They should, and so I think they're going to be prepared for sure. I will leave it at this with Ohio State and my argument. There's a picture floating around the internet of when Ohio State visited Disneyland in L.A. and Mickey Mouse is there along with C.J. Stroud and Ryan Day and a handful <laughs> of other guys, and all the players are just sitting there. With, uh, you know, no smiles across their face, looking, you know, stone-faced, uh, just, like, totally emotionless at literally the happiest place in the world. So it, that tells me they don't want to be there. If that doesn't tell you, I don't know what does. I, I get it. I get it. So I, I, got, I got Utah winning. I think it'll be close. Maybe back and forth. I think Utah wins, like, 38-35. I think Ohio State wins. I'll, I'll still pick Ohio State. Should be a good one. Rose Bowls are always special, dude. It's, it's a special game. So looking forward to that one for sure. All right, last game of the like, yeah, last game of uh, Saturday night. Yeah, all, the All State Sugar Bowl with Baylor versus Ole Miss in New Orleans, and I have a feeling clicking all these weird like insurance and financial <laughs> yeah. financial websites is going to give me some weird targeted advertising. Oh, for sure. Oh my God. All State, if you're listening, I already have State Farm. Yeah, I'm happy with that. So I got please don't. <laughs> I like their ads so, the most, so I got progressive. Yeah, they're they're all the same. Go. Like, dude, at the end of the day, these are all the same. Like I will say, if you have any type of like ticket in the past or like accident in the past <laughs> or anything, it, it, it does matter. It <laughs> okay, matters, yeah. yeah. I uh, knock on wood. I've never been caught speeding, so it was funny. I will give a quick funny story. Please. I was trying to get insurance quotes like, a few months ago. Yeah. 
And one of them was talking about like, oh, yeah, and this other person that's going to be on your insurance. Oh, she got a ticket, actually. It looks like back in January. Oh, my God. But I'm like, oh, she didn't tell me about that. Whoa. This is harsh. <laughs> Getting in trouble. No, it was hilarious. And I, oops, well, that's okay. She kept that from me. I'm like, that's whatever. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. That's funny. They, they always find a way. But uh, look at their <laughs> website, allstate.com here. It's actually not that good. Like, they have a bunch of, a lot of images. A lot of these you know, websites have images, right? This one is really guilty of having very low resolution, very compressed images. They're like pixelated kind of um, all, all over the website. And as a result, it just looks it looks rushed. It looks unprofessional. I'd give this like a 4 to 10. I think the layout's fine. The colors are okay. But just you, you can't do that, dude. When you're Allstate and you have this much money, like you can afford you can afford like to get a really, really good UX designer in there and whip up something fantastic. But they chose not to. And so for that, this is the most... I get what you're saying. It's the most like millennially, millennially targeted insurance oh, company I've ever seen. I can see that. And the reason I say that is I see you own your condo. Keep it protected. Millennials own condos. I do. We do get have a, a plan. <laughs> get a plan. Get a plan designed for your pet. Oh my god. Who are, who is the type, who is the generation that's gonna buy pet Dude, insurance? I hate to Our say generation. it, but we're thinking about getting pet insurance, to be honest. Exactly, exactly. There you it. go. I hate to say and it. And then and then there's all season roadside relief. And what generation doesn't know how to fix their cars? My, hands up, it's me. Yeah, I hate to say it, this does target me. Jimbo, but... you need to learn you need to learn how to at least just change your tire. That's all you gotta learn. Dude. Change your tire and check the basic things. It's the battery. If you know how to sucks. do that, you know how to fix 99% of Dude. possible car problems on the side of the road. Dude, you don't even know. In Wisconsin, the biggest problem is the battery. Because winter just kills the battery, dude. I've had more than two or three times where I was, like, coming home from work. You know, I walk out to the, to the parking lot. It's, like, 4 p.m. in January. And I go to start up the car to go home. And it doesn't start. I've had to get towed. Jimbo, we've, how many ball sponsors have we have we listened to that were auto manufacturers or auto <laughs> auto ball sponsors? You have options have. here now. I do, but I mean, I <laughs> I guess I, what I have to do line. is just go through and rewatch every game, and whatever game was my favorite, just uh, go with that sponsor. You can go and get a battery from them. Go to yeah, Quick Lane. Exactly. <laughs> that all the all way. Right. Number seven, Baylor versus number eight, Ole Miss. Uh, in very intriguing matchup, actually. I, I think this is a game that a lot of people are sleeping on, to be honest. Lest we forget, Baylor, I mean, 11-2, and just won the Big 12 championship off of, off of a thriller against Oklahoma State. Baylor, despite having two losses, both both were against decent enough teams um, and relatively close. Ole Miss, we know who Ole Miss is. It's a very exciting team with Lane Kiffin. We know they have a very high-flying offense, um, kind of running that air raid at times. So I, I, I'm looking forward to this one, dude. It almost feels like a Big 12 versus Big 12 matchup, just because I'd say Ole Miss is the most Big 12 of any SEC school out there. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Ole Miss is very – they're exciting. They're fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I actually really like Baylor in this game because I feel like Baylor has consistently played at a level – Consistent. That um, yeah, yeah, they're very consistent, and they have some pretty good wins, some really good wins. They beat they just beat Oklahoma State. I mean, they're literally the conference champions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. BYU, pretty comfortably. These are all very good wins. Yep. And I just I like Baylor. I like Baylor. I'm I'm looking forward to this one for sure. I mean, Baylor has Dave Aranda, who I think is perhaps the most underrated coach in college football. On the other hand, I freaking love Lane Kiffin. I think he's not just a great coach, but a great guy. So in a way, like, I, I know I hate the SEC, but Ole Miss is probably my favorite SEC team, just, just from a neutral fan's perspective. They're a very, very likable team. 
Um, and likewise with Baylor, also very likable. So I'm actually, of all the teams we've previewed so far today, I am most on the fence about this one. I really, I'm not sure who's going to win this one. I think it's a coin flip in my mind. Um, and according to Vegas, they kind of agree. Uh, Baylor's favored by a point and a half. So it's it's a very dead even. FPI has Ole Miss favored by 50.5%. This is what is even of a bowl matchup because you could ask for, at least on paper. Um, if I had to coin flip it, I'd probably go Ole Miss, but just by a hair. Just by a hair. Ah, oh, man. I actually, I'm going to go with Baylor in this one. Should be a good one, dude. As coin flippy as it is, I'm going to go with Baylor. I, I want a shootout, and I think it could be. I want to see like a you know like 49 to 42 type game. That'd be that'd be a fun I, way to cap off the night. I could see it. I could see it. Maybe not that much. Maybe like 35, 31 sure. or something. Baylor has a decent defense, but yeah, I could see it being like uh, I'm looking at previous Baylor games that were exciting. Uh, you know, like kind of against uh, Iowa State. Maybe they won 31, 29. That'd be fun. I take that. Something like that. That'd be fun. Uh, but it should All be right. fun. Should be a good game regardless. Randy, shall we conclude this episode then with the final game of? Uh, we have the final game, the most exciting game of the of course. the upcoming week, right? Course, the yeah. tax act, and this is probably like what the third Another tax act game. Tax, yeah, I think it is it's the tax act Texas Bowl in Houston, Texas, with LSU versus Kansas State. What did I give taxact.com last time? Like a five out of ten, maybe. Uh, something like that. It was not them, very good. I'm going to bump them down to like a 3 out of 10, and here's why. If you are advertising Tax Act this heavily in bowl season, you are this hell-bent on getting people to like open up a taxact.com or a taxact account on taxact.com, you need a better website. I'm sorry. Like, this is not... I, I literally... I, I'm Demo. confident I can make this in <laughs> one day if I really needed to. One day I can make this. I feel like you're judging this from the lens of a web developer and not from the lens of a customer. I need to. Um, All customers care about is whether or not it's easy easy to use and has a splashy. There is a big get started. But here's what it does. There's like a big get started button you click on, and then it it, it scrolls you down, and there's four options out of the gate. You've got the free version, deluxe, premiere, yeah, that kind of comes off a little Come weird. On. What I like about TurboTax is that there's just like one get started button. And as you start filling out the form, it automatically kind of detects what, what you need, right? Are you a business owner? No, then don't even bother showing the premiere version. You don't, you don't need that, right? This is dumb. This, this Right out of the gate, you're making decisions, and I don't like that. You should not have to think when filing taxes. I'm sorry, but it should be as straightforward and linear and on a path on rails as it can be. And TaxAct.com fails at that. So I'm sorry, TaxAct. The act is up. I don't like you guys. Um, All right. Jimbo's coffee is kicking in. <laughs> it is. I'm actually feeling it now, yeah. What I do like right. is that this kind of lame bowl game, it, it's like, this is like a bad game that might be fun, is how I'm looking at this game. LSU versus it's, Kansas State. Because it's the, what is it? It's the last bowl game last before bowl the championship game. game. You got a 6-6 six and six P5 team versus a 7-5 and five P5 team. That's a recipe for disaster. That could be fun, though. This could be fun. That's kind of how I'm looking at this one. Um, LSU, as we all know, very disappointing season. They had a fire coach O, you know, halfway through the year. Um, they they've lost they lost at one point five games out of six. Um, though they have won their last two games against ULM and Texas A&M. In contrast, Kansas State. I mean, it's it's K State. I don't have to tell you they're they're a seven five team. That that sounds about right for their program. Um, not much to say about them, to be honest. I, that's with all due respect to the, to the Kansas State Wildcats. I think LSU has a slight edge, not just in terms of talent, but I think in terms of motivation. I think with Coach O being gone, 
uh, the players that have stuck around and are choosing to play in this game and not opting out probably feel a little bit disrespected. You know, they won a national title two years ago. They were one of the best teams of all time, it seemed like, back then. And I, I, I think they have a lot of pride. I think LSU is a very prideful team. Not that Kansas State isn't, but I, I think LSU is going to play to their potential. And I think LSU, at their full potential, beats Kansas State at their full potential. If that makes any sense. So I, I got LSU winning this one. I like LSU in this game, too, for very similar reasons. And I feel like, well, they're Cajuns, right? They're either yeah. Cajuns. LSU is the pride of the state. So I feel like they have like a lot of like a lot more personal pride, I guess, to play for. Because right, right, right. there's a, there's just something about LSU football in the state of Louisiana that just hits home, hits different. Mm-hmm. So I think like no matter what, I feel like they're gonna be motivated, if nothing else, for personal pride. Yeah. They do feel disrespected. As far as Kansas State goes, I feel like they have a history of like doing okay in the Big 12, but then kind of not so great in bowl season. Yeah, I'm curious now. Um, I was actually like, I wanted to see what their bowl record was. I probably should look this ahead of time. Uh, bowl records. Last year, they didn't do too hard. They were like a three-win team last year. Well, they lost their bowl game in 2019. They didn't go to a bowl game in 2018. Won the Cactus Bowl. They won the Cactus Bowl in 2017. Yeah, historically, kind of, uh, they win maybe like one out of every three bowl games. So... I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I feel like, you know, I'm not saying Kansas State can't win this one, but I just, I think LSU just has a bit more going for it at this point in time, which is kind of ironic because they don't have a head coach, but um, it should be fun to see. I'm Brian Kelly is... Well, they have one now. They have Brian Kelly I know, now. but it, he's not coaching it, is he? He's not... He might be on no, the sidelines, he's but not. he won't be... Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Him and his family. His, my family. Yeah, I'm sure I'll give like a rousing post-game speech in the locker room if they win. This is the start of something new, boys. Gentlemen, put on your hard hats. I can't even do a slow down because you'd be much better than I am. I sound like Brian Kelly in that regard, but yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think LSU wins by I could see him win by like twenty one, honestly. I don't think I don't think this is gonna be all that close. I'd like it to be, but sort of a lukewarm way to end uh bowl season. Obviously until the national title game where Alabama plays Michigan. Um, but until then, Randy, whew, I'm out of breath here. We did it all just like, just back to back to back to back to back to back 10 games. Fire. Rapid fire, dude. But I think I, I'm kind of glad with how we covered everything. I think we've kind of haven't left any stones unturned. It doesn't seem, um, this is, this is a very exciting time of year. These are, I mean, New York six games, man. To me, that's, that's like the highlight of the bull season. That's the highlight of the year, really. So looking forward to this fingers crossed, praying to God, nothing else gets canceled. I would, I would hate to see any of these games canceled due to COVID. I really hope they're not. I really think we'll mostly be fine. I feel like there's definitely a, uh, what point. is it, a don't ask, don't tell policy with oh. testing. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, hey, if you if you don't feel symptomatic, there's no reason for you to go get tested. I, I right? get that. It's still spreading, though. That's probably what there. There's an unspoken yeah. agreement with it's that. Spreading. And I, I think for what it is worth with Omicron, like teams as the later on in the bowl season, I think have been a lot more cautious um with you know going to events and stuff and like I- i'm seeing pictures of like wisconsin on twitter and like they're going to some you know children's hospital or something like that like like every team does you know before bowl season oh, yeah, the wisconsin game is later today yeah they're all wearing masks though they're all like it seems like teams are at least aware and trying like we've seen with alabama and since they both shut down um what was it like the journalist um like interviews and stuff they're, they're trying to reduce the spread whether it'll work or not who knows but i i feel like at this point fingers crossed and knock on wood here it feels like we're close enough to where if the game was going to get canceled, it's, it's kind of unlikely at this point, unless they pull UCLA. Um, but I, it feels like these games should happen, so let's hope so, man. 
for, for the yep. sake of college football, I mean, it's we, we deserve this, dude. It's been so much over the last two years. We deserve a good bowl season, for God's sakes. Whew, I'm out of breath. Uh, shall we wrap it up then, Randy? Wrap it uh, up. Yeah, Closing I'm ready. Thoughts. Looking forward to it all. Bama, you got a good feeling? I'm ready for some sloppy games. I feel good about Bama. I want to watch the sloppy ta- Texas Bowl, Texas Bowl. I want, I want some mail getting dumped on coach. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, well, I hope I get to see Hell that. Like I just a, want to see some kind of – I want to see a bowl sponsor dumped on coach. By the time That's this is live, uh, there might be that might be happening, actually. We hope to get this out in the next couple hours here. It's, it's currently 10.22 a.m. Good morning, everyone. Whew, all right. I need, I'm going to take a nap after this, I think, Randy. I think I am. Me too. But until then, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, thank you for listening to us this bowl season and the regular season throughout the year. We love, you know, getting feedback from you guys and, and are so happy for you guys to watch bowl season with us. Uh, hope you all have a good and pleasant uh, New Year's 2022. Let's hope it's a great year. Probably won't be, but if it's if it's okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. And beyond that, let's hope for a good playoff and a good uh, New York Six uh, bowl slate. Until then, folks, it's Jim Podcast. Once again, roll tide. I'm Wisconsin. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Unbelievable!